0: Everybody and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club podcast. I am Maddie here with Courtney. Hello, and this week we are reviewing
1: uh, *Anne of Manhattan* by Brina Star Starler. Must it startler Starler? I think it's I think it's
0: Starler. Yes. I apologize if I said your name incorrectly. Today's book is a modern retelling of beloved childhood favorite and of Green Gables. However, it is not a beloved childhood favorite of mine because I never read that book. And neither have I. <laughs> or the Yeah, the series of books that it is. I whew, okay, so this book is about I'm gonna try to be listen, I'm gonna, before we get started, disclaimer. Uh this episode's probably gonna be a little short <laughs> because It was painful to get through this book. Love in the Time of Serial Killers looks like an excellent book compared to this book, in my opinion. Okay. And we'll get get into that later on. But that being said, if you don't have anything nice to say, sometimes you shouldn't say anything at all. (laughs) And so I'm kind of going with that mindset today with this book because that is kind of how i feel about it but we'll talk about it i did i did actually finish reading it i sped read the last 100 pages because i was like this is not i'm not enjoying this (laughs) okay anyway so this book follows Anne Shirley who is the main character in Anne of Green Gables and she's the main character in here all the same characters from those stories are in this book as well they are just given a modern twist to them so the story follows Anne she is a child who was in foster care for a long time she was adopted and when she was adopted she got to go live in a beautiful part a beautiful farm world a beautiful (laughs) farm and with you know these two siblings who care about her and took care of her and she met a boy named gilbert and they were enemies and they were rivals and they fought over everything and just never really had any serious like moments however their senior year when they're about to graduate and move away they kiss (laughs) (laughs) so So, they kiss, and he is like, I knew you liked me. And in that moment, she's like, I actually don't like you because she's so stubborn that she won't admit that she likes him. So, fast forward, what, eight years or so? I think it's got to be
1: something around there because she's in graduate school.
0: Yes. So, fast forward six years. She is in graduate school. She's getting a master's of education, and she is trying to... um, Become an author, I think, is kind of her main goal. There's that's something we'll get into in this book. Is that she doesn't really seem to have a purpose or a goal. But like I said, we'll get into that. Um, so she she's doing this master, and Gilbert comes back, and guess who? All of a sudden, she has to do a master's thesis project with collaboration. She's do with Gilbert a collaboration with Gilbert because, you know, that's how grad school works. You do collaborations on your independent <laughs> research projects. That's absolutely how it works. So um, they are forced to spend time together. And in the meantime of, you know, spending time together, they're realizing that, well, Gilbert's always known he's had feelings for Anne, but Anne is figuring out maybe Gilbert really isn't that bad. But if you're somebody who really likes Anne of Green Gables, if that was kind of your thing growing up, you probably would like this book. Um, I didn't read those books, and I did not like this book. But that is the main summary of what this one is about. Courtney, anything that I may have forgotten? I think you covered it
1: pretty well. As Maddie mentioned, she's raised by, like, the this... They kind of it out later on in the story, but, like, these siblings who are a little bit older, both of whom are single um and they kind of touch on like why they're single a little bit later on in the book but uh yeah I never read that book either so I have no idea how true it is to like the source material I couldn't point out the modern spins to you (laughs) maybe this wasn't like the best one for us to read retrospectively just because (laughs) we haven't read that before but there's also a couple series where I've started on like the second book or something and it hasn't been too bad so anyways Yeah, I mean, you covered all the main points, though.
0: Okay, so we'll move on into our first section of our spoiler-free review, which is, would we recommend this to a fellow reader? Now, I would recommend this only if you're somebody who liked the original source material of Anne of Green Gables. I don't think that people who are like me and have never read it or people who don't like it would like this book at all. What do you think? Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I, before we even get into it, I'll say that I understand where you're coming from on a lot of points. I didn't think it was that bad. My problem with it is that it was like super unexceptional. And I don't know if that's just because like, I've read a lot of romance books. And so like, the tropes, uh, but they don't get old in every story. Like a lot of tropes that are common were in things we never got over. Um, and I loved that book. And I just read another one where there was, like, a ton of tropes that overlapped. And it, I don't know. It just felt very, like, bland. And, like, I've read this book before, like, a different version of this same book. Um, So would I recommend it? Yeah, maybe to, like, a new romance reader who's just looking for, like, rom com books. And they're trying to get into it. Like, if you haven't read a ton of books, it's probably not as mid <laughs> but I don't know it was just relatively unexceptional in my eyes and I was just really bored and I knew how it was going to end I mean you know how they're going to end a lot of the time but it doesn't always like affect your willingness to complete the book it did in that case I think
0: mm-hmm, so yes I just well we have to talk about in the spoilers because I really don't want to like just like talk about the reasons why I don't like this book just like up front we'll talk about it a little bit when we're doing our pillars but there's definitely a lot that I want to talk about about the plot and Mm -hmm. stuff that I just was like why? (laughs) so the next question I have for you Courtney is would you recommend this to our younger sisters? Uh, I mean it didn't feel like it was too
1: smutty so I yeah, I would feel comfortable with e- I think either of my sisters reading this one, especially since it's based off of what I would call like a, a classic novel. Uh, mm-hmm. probably. Uh, so I'm along the same vein of what I kind of said with the last pointer is that like it's not a great book, so I wouldn't like highly recommend it in that regard. but like, I would if my sisters were just looking for like a short, cheesy normal average romance i guess
0: what do you think yeah i you know what i've well i'm not gonna recommend this book to anybody but i do think (laughs) that somebody who's like under the age of 24 which is our age that i think that this is appropriate for like a younger younger group there is definitely some smut in here But it's not at all like other books that we have read where it's like very graphic in here. It wasn't super graphic and it was just very like tame. And then there was a lot of like mentions of like stuff happening, but not the actual descriptions of the things happening. So I think that it would be appropriate for younger audiences it kind of reminded me the smut that is in here kind of reminded me a little bit of fan fiction so (laughs) i think that so i think that it's definitely a little bit more on like the appropriate side now that's coming from somebody who read like really graphic one direction fan fiction (laughs) as a child so like this is a little bit more tame than some of the stuff that i read then fair
1: yeah i can agree with that
0: it definitely has like a fanfic undertone I saw I was reading Goodreads reviews after I finished this to see if maybe I was just a little harsh. Yeah. No, other people agree, and somebody did say that it read like fan fiction. Interesting. I know. So, uh, if you're not familiar with our podcast, Cordy and I are now going to go into our four main pillars of romance novels, and those are The Witty Banter the realism, the character development, and the smut. And so we're going to talk about all four of those on a five-point scale. Ten is way too many. And then after that, we'll give our overall rating of the book on a scale of one to five. So, Courtney, let's start with, let's let's change it up today. Let's oh. start with, let's start with the smut today. Okay. Um. Well,
1: I'll start by saying that there wasn't a ton of it in the book. There's what, like two instances that they directly acknowledge. Um, And they're not super graphic, like Maddie said, and they're relatively brief. I would say it's maybe like, if I'm guessing, it's like 1% of the book. Um, And um, again, we rate this on like different levels, right? So it wasn't like super spicy, and it, there also wasn't a lot of it, so I gave it a pretty low number. I gave it a two. How about you?
0: Yeah, I would give it. I would give it like a two as well. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't graphic. It wasn't. It was just in there. Yeah. You know, I might even give it a one. I might. I might retro retroactively give it a one after hearing myself describe it. I think that's fair. So it's not super smutty. It does exist in this book, so keep that in mind. But it is definitely not a main part of the book, and it's definitely not anything that made me go, oh, my gosh. In fact, when I was reading it, I was like, is this over yet? (laughs) That's what I was thinking.
1: I know, because you texted me So
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I was like – well, specifically the smut part. I was just like, this feels – this feels wrong because there are these beloved... Ugh, I'm going to get into my rant now. There are these beloved child children, okay? This book, the original book is about children. Yeah. Anne of Green Gables is like 12 years old. Okay. I have no context and of I don't, what the other book is supposed to be. I didn't even look it up. Well, I, you've never... Really, you don't know anything about it? Mm-mm. Never watched a movie? Never I don't read know. It. I don't know... I don't know how I know about these books then, because I thought that this was just common knowledge that everybody knew. I do not. Maybe I've just been
1: living under a rock. I d- it's not one that we were assigned like well, in high school, and it's not one that my parents like introduced me to when I was a kid. And I, I mean, like, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't read in undergrad at all. I just started reading last year at 23 again and it's all been mostly romance and like fantasy magic-esque books so yeah it just never really fell into my preview and i've never seen any of the content made about it like
0: television so yeah no idea yeah the, it's like a basically it's about like this like little girl who's been adopted i think that the play play I might be wrong, so if I'm wrong, please don't kill me. Okay. But I think that the play Annie is based off of the book. Interesting. Okay. So it's like, Annie's Annie, I think, is a modern retelling of the same story. Interesting. But modern as in, like, the 1950s yeah, or whenever that came out. For
1: when it came out.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's about, like, a little girl. It's basically about, like, this little redhead girl who's who nobody loves and she she's in foster care and she's like has a really rough go of it in foster care and then she gets adopted and then her life like turns around and she's got like adhd and she's like crazy and she's always getting into shenanigans with her friend diana okay and her friend gilbert who apparently i didn't read the books but i saw a review that said it was one of the greatest enemies to lovers of all time interesting okay but they didn't like this book. They gave this book a, a one star. So, like it, but so that was actually an insult, not a compliment.
1: Yeah, like in the sense that um, it would never happen in the original. Yeah, I don't know why I'm explaining this.
0: Okay, anyways. Anyway, so like, there's just something inherently wrong to me about taking characters that are children and then putting them into like these situations in the future where they're doing adult things. Okay. And I just I just don't like that. It's like one thing that I really hated about the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Getting into this, it's when they took Arya and they gave her that scene with Gendry. Mm, okay. Yeah. It just it makes me uncomfortable cuz it's like you're watching this literal child who's like been a child in my eyes this entire time and putting them in this adult situation. I just don't, I just don't like that. Yeah. But it
1: definitely is giving like Lena Viserys vibes from, I don't even know how, Gendry, how old Gentry is, but yeah, it, regardless, it's just like, why are we? Ugh, ugh. And I get it's based off yeah. like feudal England loosely. In, in the sense that it's like a monarchy, but it's still gross. Anywho.
0: Anyway, um, really don't like this book for the same reason why I didn't like that. And that's pretty much the only example I can give you to like really explain how I'm feeling about this book. Okay, It just left like this yuck feeling in like, and like I know Arya was an adult, Right? She was like 18 or whatever she was supposed to be. Actually, I think she's supposed to still be like 16, but whatever. Um, Her actress was a literal adult, and I just don't. Yeah. I just don't like it. So gross. Yes, exactly. Okay. So. That's how I feel about the smut. Let's move on and talk about the witty banter, which is the most important part for us. Obviously, our name is the Witty Banter Book Club. So, like, witty banter plays a huge role in our perceived opinions of these books. Um, for me, there was really no witty banter in this book. I think I may have marked a couple spots where I'm like, this isn't witty. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it also. Actually, you know, what, I'll give it a two, cause there was attempts, but I just don't think that it was good. Yeah,
1: I also am giving it a two, and the reason for that is like, there's, it's supposed to be enemies to lovers, right? There's tension, but every time that Anne gets upset, it's because she's like misinterpreting what he's doing, and like I, I know it's that principle, that stupid thing where it's like little boys are mean to little girls it means that they like them but I was like really babes you're not picking up on the fact that he likes you and so it wasn't quippy in the sense of like she no know- like I would have been better in my eyes if she knew that he liked her and she like used that in their conversations to like throw barbs and stuff back at him. Like that would have made more sense to me, but it's not really witty banter when you think that the other person is bullying you. <laughs> um, and you just yeah. like take it in that way. And like, I there are some exchanges. It's not like other books that we've read where there haven't really been any. So I didn't feel like I could give it a one. It exists, but it's not super witty, and considering how much tension there should be, it felt like the whole miscommunication element just didn't really make sense. Because it wasn't, like, it's not really witty banter,
0: I don't feel like. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't really think that it was... It didn't stand out to me. (laughs) It just i don't know moving on let's talk about the character development uh i'll let you take this one why don't you go first uh
1: i don't know i i'll talk about it first and then i'll get to my number so Anne has a hard time letting people in because she grew up in the foster care system. I can understand that from, like, a plot sense. Um, And, like, they get into this big argument because Anne doesn't tell him something that she should have told him in his eyes. And so they, like, kind of get into a tiff. And I don't know, I just feel like... She has let all these people in throughout her life in different regards. And they acknowledge in the book that like having a romantic person involved is different. But like the whole tension, the whole problem with her character is that she like doesn't trust Gil because he was like mean to her and because she has this trauma. Um, And then like her full circle moment is her kind of acknowledging that she should have told him something and that she does keep people at an arm's length. It, the way it was executed, though, it didn't feel like as much of a revelation. I feel like it could have been done in a much better way. And I also just feel like that was a dumb thing for them to, like, fight about. <laughs> I didn't think it was, like, super justified for him to get mad. And I also just think, like, if she's capable of sharing things with other people, she should have been capable of sharing things with him. So I'm gonna give the character development a two, because it was there. Like I could see what the underlying story was, but the execution wasn't great. Um and I was just really annoyed with her throughout the whole book. Like I know she's like all over the place, ADHD or whatever, um but trying to portray her as, but I just kind of wanted to be like sit down and relax. <laughs> like be rational about this.
0: Yeah. I think that I agree with you about Anne's development. I don't really think Gil had any character development. I feel like he is just... From the start of the book, he likes her. And he's very upfront to everybody who's ever met him that he likes her. So To be fair, he never was he like, doesn't... hey, I like
1: you. Which he should have done. If he was like Mr. Popular Big Ego whatever.
0: Yeah, I guess, but even when they got together, it was just, like, anticlimactic. Yeah. You know? Like, when they made it official or whatever. Even the first time they kissed, like,
1: he wasn't expecting it. Not that that can't be written well and have, like, a build-up, but it was just kind of, like, a passive thought, almost. And I feel like that should have been more of, like, a wow moment.
0: Reminds me of um, love in the time of serial killers when Phoebe says that I didn't know until just now that I wasn't going to kiss a- that I was going to kiss him except I've known this whole time. I'm also going to kiss him. That's kind of what. Yeah, yeah. Very reminiscent. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a two as well, because like, I agree you can definitely see what they're trying to do, but I just don't think it was done very well. No. Could have been better yeah the last category that we have is realism wait right yeah we have... <laughs> no 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 is that our last did we do the other three yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> see what happens when you i'm already checked out <laughs> yeah i know i just wanted to be different today okay I'm not like the other podcasts okay. i we're not like the others <laughs> um so realism Oh, I thought we were going back and forth. Oh well, no. I was, I was thinking. (laughs) That was my thinking. Like me to uh...
1: talk. I'm sorry.
0: No, I'm looking. (laughs) I'm looking at you for support, moral support, for moral support. (laughs) Should I just leave the Roku background on? (laughs) (laughs) on. Um. No, Roku's not getting free pump promo from us. Are you kidding? Okay, so the last category is realism. And I am going to give it a one. I don't think it was very realistic. I don't think that the project they were doing was realistic for a master's program. I don't think that where... (sighs) Their thesis is a combined thesis, which they would never do for a liberal arts degree. Maybe for science degrees where they have to do like full labs and stuff like that, but they would never do that for a liberal arts one. A liberal arts, you're basically supposed to just combine all the knowledge that you've learned from your undergrad, your graduate school, and put it into one project that is like, okay, here's what I learned and here's how I think it can be applied to something. Right. Okay. So that's kind of what you're supposed to be doing. You would not work with somebody to do that. You would do it by yourself. Not only that, the project that they've chosen to do would cost so much money. How would they get the money for that? There was no grant proposal writing in this. They just had the money. Not realistic. <laughs> Second of all, or third of all, actually, um, I don't think kids would be all that interested in doing this. Um, yeah. At just one random school. You might have to get a bunch of kids from around the neighborhood. And granted, they live in New York and everybody's fancy there. And everybody's artsy there. But I still don't think that would be the case. Fourth of all, their relationship was so, like, (sighs) it just didn't make any sense to me how their relationship worked. I just don't understand how it was, like... I don't want to get into it because there's too many spoilers. But I just, I don't think that like the climat- climatic moments of their relationship were very realistic. Okay. And overall, I give it a one on the realism because it's not realistic at all. Okay. I
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling generous today. I'm going to give it a two. I agree with a lot of the same sentiments. Um, actually, mm, Let me walk through my analysis here and we'll revisit that rating. But, um, I thought it was odd to older siblings taking care of a foster kid. Like, I don't, that doesn't seem normal to me. I have no idea how the foster system works, but like, that seemed weird. That happens in the original
0: source material.
1: Oh, okay. Well, also seems, it still seems unrealistic to me um pov me and colin uh i mean i i guess i do agree with a lot of the plot points the way their relationship develops doesn't make a ton of sense and i don't know i just don't know how you can go from like vehemently being that opposed to someone to like Without like with being totally oblivious to the fact that they like you for so long, I don't know. And yeah, her her degree that was insane. Like I've that's unheard of. And, and obviously, like I I know stuff about law school. I don't know a ton of stuff about a masters and thesis and stuff like that. Um, but I do have a lot of friends who have pursued those paths like Maddie. Uh, and none of them have ever mentioned anyone doing that, so that seems really unrealistic. Um, I don't know. Just left a weird taste in my mouth. I'll give it a two, though. I think I'm gonna stick with that.
0: Also, if they were going to be doing a master's project together, they would know that way in advance. It wouldn't just be like, "Oh, by the way, Gil's a new student, so you're gonna be working with him." That's not the way that thing. That's not the way that it works. Right. It made me so <laughs> mad. Okay. So um, anyway, my overall. Go ahead. Well. My overall rating of this book is a 1. I think that it is a bad book. I did not enjoy it. That being said, once again, if you're somebody who likes Anne of Green Gables, you might like this book. But as somebody who never read those books, I did not like this book at all. So I gave it a 1. Courtney. Uh,
1: (laughs) My problem... I. I should have gone lower for Love in the Time of Serial Killers because I still disliked that book more than I disliked this one, and I didn't like this one per se either. um I don't know. I felt like the characters ha- at least had a little bit more personality than the ones in that book. Uh, I don't know.
0: I think, but the see the what. Sorry, in the defense of Love in the Time of Serial Killers, the author created those characters from scratch. These personalities are already the personalities of the characters. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it seems like a lot of other
1: romances. Like I said, I feel like I've read this story, some other version of it, in like 800 different other books that I've read. Actually, I haven't read eight hundred, but you get the idea. Um, I don't know. It's still, I didn't feel like it was. It could have been worse. Maddie's gonna hate me. I'm gonna give it a three because I I don't dislike it more than I disliked loving the time of serial killers. So I can't like give it a lower score than that in my
0: head. I think I think that the reason why this seems so familiar is because. It's similar to Love in the Time of Serial Killers in that they are in school and they're, you know, they're going to college or whatever, right. which is what Phoebe was doing. It also you texted me and said this, and I had also thought it that it reminded me a lot of Emily Henry because of like the literary characters, yeah. like like them doing liter like literary things. Uh but it just, Emily Henry hits and this yeah, just did not. Emily Henry so, is... But, yeah. So, that is my overall rating of Anne of Manhattan. So, Courtney and I are now going to move on to the spoiler section of this book, and once again, this is probably going to be pretty short because I have a couple of tabs, but they're not really, like, tab-tabs. They're just kind of there. Okay. So, um i don't know if this is necessarily something that we need to go through the entire book to discuss unless you want to do that no let's just put on the big plot points okay um so then let's talk about the main plot points first and then i'll do these little brief criticisms that i have after the fact okay so The main conflict of this book is that, so the main conflict of this book is that Anne and Gil have gotten together, and Anne is harassed by her professor. Her advisor. And her advisor, yes. And, okay, page 244, this is what she says, where is she? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay. Finally, he spoke. His voice quiet. So this was happening all year, and you felt like you couldn't share it with me. His choice of words threw her. I was handling it. They only mention it one time in the book, right? Uh, yeah. Explicitly, yes. Like I think they might allude to it a couple more times, well, but what okay the illusions that i was getting was that he just didn't like her because she was a woman but there was like no instances where i'm like oh this guy's kind of creepy that's fair it would have been way
1: easier like you can easily make a literary character easy like not easy creepy
0: yes like he could have made and offhand one example comments of comments more often Exactly, but instead... Yeah, but instead it was just like... He was just expressing that he didn't believe in her. Which is not the way that it should have been done. A good example of, like, a creepy professor who does this and then she reports him is uh, legally blonde. Yeah. Ugh. Because in that... Or in that movie... Um... I don't know what his real name is, but the guy who plays... The guy who invented the Titanic in Titanic, he... (laughs) He is the professor in that movie, or, like, the law advisor, or whatever the heck you guys call him over there in law school. Um, But he, like, makes comments about her throughout the movie, and then when he, like, comes on to her, it's not a total surprise. No, and it's, like, a...
1: I mean... So quid pro quo, which is kind of what it is in this book. He's like, hey, if you tell anybody, I'm going to ruin your chances of working yeah. at this
0: school. Um, yeah. So anyway, so um, she's all upset about that. The, and he, Gil's all upset because she didn't tell him. And then not to mention, Gil apparently got the opportunity that she was trying to get for a work and didn't tell her about that and so that was like a big thing as well and I just felt like both of those conflicts were dumb yeah
1: and I another thing too is like so the whole job thing kind of gets effed up right he Gil gets offered the job because the professor ends up telling the university that like they shouldn't hire her anymore like, would it not raise a little bit of some red flags? Because the other, the person who the advisor is friends with at the other university is a woman. Would it not, like, raise weird red flags if a dude professor had, like, highly recommended one of his students and then all of a sudden was like, actually, no. Would that not be weird? Yeah, it would be kind of weird to me. So, the fact that then she talked to that person at the other university she was trying to get hired at after the fact and they were like oh that's awful well let's get you on a second interview right now like i don't know that part was just weird to me i guess i can respect that they still gave her the opportunity but like the fact that they didn't even like interview gil and they were giving him a job is really weird
0: yeah Um. Um, Then there was the part where she's, you know, she's doing this like after school club with these students and she has a student named Jenna, who reminded me a lot of myself. Uh, I wonder why. On page 117, she says she's all pissed off because her, Jenna, is all pissed off because she wants to learn how to write a book and not just write little poems and short stories or whatever that... Gil and anne are having her right and she like goes out of her way in the middle of class to be like i don't like this this is a dumb assignment why are we doing this and that reminded me so much of myself when i was in school i was that kid i was the kid who argued with the teacher because i thought the assignments were stupid yeah miss allen if you're watching this i'm sorry on maddie's
1: behalf don't apologize for me <laughs> that's our whole dynamic you you bulldoze yeah. and then you I go oh, over and smooth it
0: after it's right it's me being a brute and you saying I'm sorry about my friend <laughs> <laughs> okay so then um this is another part that would made me like be like I, I wrote uh what did i write i wrote sure dot 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 uh okay there was only one week left in the program at herschel and Anne was torn between relieved exhaustion and sadness she was going to miss the kids especially jenna who'd grown in leaps and bounds as a writer over the spring Anne sat down with the girl and her mother last tuesday and while Miss Brown was still transferring Jenna to a local STEM high school in the fall, she reluctantly agreed to stop yelling at her daughter about writing after she read the, the girl's stories. No, she did not. She did not say, "Okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop yelling at my daughter about her stories." Yeah, actually, this is really good. I'll be nice now. Parents who actually,
1: my daughter's a really good writer. Parents who behave that way towards their children don't just, like, harp in on one specific element, especially if it's something that they're, like, good at, if they're good parents. Like, her mom was probably not a very nice person in general, and so I can't imagine her being like, Ah, you know what? Actually, I'll stop.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, there was that. I have a note here also that says that the the banter in this book isn't witty; it's too formal. It's kind of formal, which I think summarizes I, how I feel about I it. I feel
1: like her relationship with like her adoptive mom too was so cold. Like, I know that they were trying to show that she was like a colder woman, but I was like, at this point, like, it's been her mom for a-, a while. Like, I feel like there should be more of a connection here.
0: Yeah, it was definitely not it. Uh, My last note that I have here, my last note here is that a lot of the conversations in this book did not sound like real conversations. Okay. For an example, this is between uh, Gil and his friend Fred, right after they meet up with Diana and uh, Anne. This is not a real conversation. Wait, hold up. Is she the girl? The one who messed your head up so bad you haven't managed to have a real relationship since I met you four years ago? To be fair, it was never her fault. That's on me. I don't think that she really believed I liked her even after we hooked up that one summer. Hooked up. We kissed once. Then it all went sideways like it always did whenever we tried to call a truce. And I was like, that is not a real conversation. What friend of a man is telling him, is that the girl that's that messed you up so bad? Yeah, anyway. I don't know. I could picture a guy saying like, is that
1: what's or nuts? Like from, you know, but not like
0: from biology. <laughs> <laughs> is she the girl that was in your high school class or whatever? Yeah. Oh my cat's meowing. <laughs> Bub. Yeah. Anyhow. That's all I have to say. Anything you'd like to add? Um,
1: no. I was just kind of bored of this book. The plot. There's not a lot to talk about because it's just meh. Just mid. Um, very bland. Nothing to write home about. And I really hope our next book. That we're reading is better. Because I need to
0: be uplifted from this. Mediocrity. Yeah. The next book that we are reading. Is the book that co- that came out last week. If you're watching this podcast. um, Which was. The second book in Things We Never Got Over. Things We Hide From The Light. That is what we are reviewing next week. So hopefully it's better. Yeah. But for the podcast unfortunately i think that the next book that we're reading on here is also oh no we're reading funny you should ask that's the next one okay i have hopes for that one so i had hopes for it but i see a lot of reviews of it right now and a lot of people don't really seem to like i know but i can't for books that we are doing on here i can't look at the reviews
1: before i read the book because i feel like it shapes the scope through which i read it then i want to have like my own opinions first I, and then be validated later by reading the reviews
0: i i agree i just i just happened to see like i didn't go looking for that i just happened to happen Happens them. to me as well on on the talk on the clock so. app yeah mm. Yeah, mine's on the Instagram reels, which was on the clock app, like, three weeks ago. (laughs) Man, I don't know. I just, I have, all I'm saying is things we hide from the light next week better be so freaking good, because we have this book, which is coming out on the 13th. Funny You Should Ask, which has a poor review, but we'll see, on the 20th. And then we have Twisted Games. Do you still want to read that one? I'm hoping that it's better. I'm very worried, though.
1: I, I personally think it's better. I've started it. um. But we also, I am a big proponent. I love hockey romances. There's one, it's a two-book series in particular that I want you to read because it's one of my favorites, and I will reread it so that I have all of this stuff fresh in my mind, but at some point I want to go through those this year, too. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, we've got plenty of time. We've (laughs) got a whole year. Very true. But I think that's it for Anna Manhattan. I think we're done with this one, right? Yeah. Sorry, it's short. We weren't impressed. Yeah, not impressed. The book itself is also very short. It's only like 300 pages, so pretty short and the font is big it's not like it's yeah very small least... it looks really small right there but it's it's not
1: at least it wasn't like a 600 page book that would have made it so much worse
0: dude i would have, i would have dnf <laughs> i would have been like hey guys welcome to the podcast short episode didn't finish it bye I thought about it several times for this book. Yeah. Maybe we should, we can reserve some of those for
1: throughout the year. (laughs) IDK.
0: Yeah. Well, next week for you watching at home or listening, we will be reviewing Funny You Should Ask by Elisa Sussman. Sussman. So hopefully this one's pretty good. Hopefully, that's not indicative Susse, of the contents of the book. Yeah, it's three hundred and forty pages. Oh my gosh! But this font it's so oh, small. No. All right. Well, I guess we'll see if this is worth the hype. Also, the quality of my book—I just put it back on the shelf. The quality of my Anna Manhattan book was horrible. Well, I cannot
1: attest
0: to the quality of the physical book. But my, it Mine was, like, destroyed. I bought it like this. There's, like, a tear up here. There's, like, stuff on the cover. I don't know if you can tell, but there's, like, scratches on wow. it. Wow. Distributors make better books. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say. I want to be done with this book because I don't want to think about it any more.
1: Yep. Good night.
0: Goodbye, good riddance. Alright. Well, that's all, folks. Well, thank you guys. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you in our next episode. Our next episode... No, I'm about to lie, so I'm not going to say that. (laughs) So I will see you all in our next episode. Courtney will also see you in our next episode. We'll be not together i don't think unless you want to record this one next week too when you're here but
1: i'll bring it we'll see if we can blow through it
0: yeah although i got a lot on my mind right now with i have such high hopes for this book if this book is bad i'm gonna stop reading yeah. <laughs> i'm never gonna read another book oh, again We all or not hmm. yep It'll be a good run. The Woody Banter Book Club. I hope you would
1: hear this, Lucy Scar. It's all riding on you now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Lucy. Lucy, Lucy. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.